Welcome to the Free to Be More podcast by the Enoch Pratt Free Library. I'm your host, Megan McCorkle. This podcast series features conversations with leaders and innovators having a positive impact in our city. Let's get started. Your journey starts here. Bringing a community together through art. For more than two decades, Art with a Heart has worked to enhance the lives of people in need through art. This episode of the Free to Be More podcast, we take a look at the impact this organization has had on our city. The founder and executive director of Art with a Heart, Randy Pupkin, is joining us today. Randy, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Yes. So tell me, just in case anyone is not familiar with your organization, what is Art with a Heart? Art with the Heart is a 22-year-old community art organization located in Baltimore, Maryland. We bring visual art classes into under-resourced communities. That is the core of our work. Our mission is to enhance the lives of people in need through visual art. We have about as many as 14,000 classes a year in schools, shelters, group homes, community centers, hospitals senior facilities all over. Anyone who would not have access to visual art programming, Art with a Heart tries to fill that void. Mm -hmm. You guys have been doing this for more than two decades. Tell me about how it all started. So I am the founder, and as you mentioned, and I was an attorney for 14 years prior to incorporating Art with a Heart. I actually incorporated the organization from the desk in my law office. I had just been growing more and more frustrated with practicing law. I felt like I was fighting with lawyers more than I was helping people. Mm-hmm. And I really became a lawyer to help people. And one day I had a contentious conversation with an attorney and I hung up at the phone and looked around my office and everything was beige. <laughs> um, the carpet was beige. The folders were beige. The telephone was beige. The walls were beige. Everything was beige. I (laughs) thought, like, if this is chapter five of my life story and it's this beige, I can't imagine chapter 25. I can't even imagine reading the chapter 25. Like, just knew that I needed to make a change and write the life story that I wanted to read. Mm -hmm. So I incorporated the organization from my desk. And, you know, it's a story since then, but that was over 22 years ago and just fortunate to have the support of my family and friends to launch this, this Uh unbelievable (laughs) organization. (laughs) What did those early days look like? I think, you know, there are people out there who Uh, think this is something, uh, you know, I dream of doing something like this, but you know, what this organization is now with 14,000 classes is huge. It's grown so much, but how do you even start something like that? So I was incredibly green and I hope that through this conversation, I can maybe enlighten someone. You know, I had never written a grant. I didn't really know the nonprofit sector. I really thought I knew Baltimore as a lifelong Baltimorean, but I didn't really even know Baltimore. And it really was about just pounding the pavement, talking to people, learning about people, connecting with people. I always say it's all about relationships. Mm -hmm. And someone asked me recently, like, how do people in Baltimore know about you? And I I chuckled because the first 10 years of this organization was just meeting people, talking to people, 
you know, people, someone would give me five names of people I should meet and I would contact those five people and then they would give me five more names and the struggle was real. There's no substitute for hard work. Mm -hmm. And I worked really hard at the beginning stages of this organization. I will add that since that time, we've added five branches to the organization. So we always talk about it like a tree. And those 14,000 classes are supplemented by other complementary initiatives that were birthed or grew from the original concept of just bringing, not just, but bringing art classes into the community. So we now have a teen leadership initiative, a workforce development program, a social enterprise retail store, and a very robust community service and public art effort. Uh-huh. So we can talk about those different branches in this conversation, but it all required, you know, just a steadfast commitment uh-huh. to the mission. And, you know, it's always about the mission and the people that we serve for me. Mm-hmm. What was it that drew you in about art? Was that something that you were passionate about as a child when you were growing up? What made you say, this is the thing that I think can make a difference in this city? That's a great question. So I became a lawyer because I love people and I'm a child of the civil rights movement here and um, always you know, wanted to change the world and work for equality and equity. And um, knew how I felt as young as six when I saw riots here in the city mm-hmm. and, you know, thought the path to doing that was to be an attorney. Then, you know, I joined a firm and the partner that I worked for did construction litigation. And I never felt like I was really, I mean, I felt like I was helping my client, but I never felt like I was living my purpose. Mm-hmm. And the art piece is that, I always felt a certain freedom when I was doing art. I was raised by a single mom. My parents divorced when I was in third grade. And Mm -hmm. art was my recess. I was not an athlete. I just felt like I could go anywhere when I was doing art. And I felt like that experience, everyone should have that experience. And it didn't matter the age. Like everyone should have the freedom that art can bring. You know, now we've learned so much more. We've learned how important it is to the human spirit, how creative expression is essential to normal growth and development. And so it was a combination of that love of art and that love of people that brought me to incorporate the organization. You talk about living your purpose. And I think so many people talk about living their purpose, but actually going and doing it and jumping without a net to try and do that is very brave. So if there are people out there listening and trying to do the same thing, what advice would you give them about the difference between sort of working the day-to-day versus living what your purpose is? I think a good leader is a risk taker. And I was aware of that until now. And listen, it's been incredibly successful. That's why I emphasized at the beginning, it's a steadfast commitment to the mission. There's no slacking, like, but you do have to take certain risks. And the risk isn't just jumping off the cliff without a parachute. It's also the risk of having that next conversation and the risk of looking a little bit stupid. I remember meeting with a funder 
you know, 20 minutes into starting this organization. And I walked in with a chair that some of the seniors that we had worked made. And this man didn't know my name. He didn't know anything about the organization. But I walked in with like this beautiful chair that had been painted by these older women and told him I wanted to open a store. And he was like, well, what is your name? Like, (laughs) you have to be willing to be a little bit, accept the naivete that you might have in the process. Mm -hmm. I applied for a grant. I had never written a grant and I had written motions and I kept thinking, okay, like I can do a motion and I'll write it like a motion and the pictures are pretty. So I'm sure I'll get the grant. Well, you know, I didn't get the grant. But then as it turned out, I met with somebody else that I knew and I knew that in her life, she had worked at a foundation. So I said, will you review this and tell me what I did wrong? You have to be willing to listen to people and learn from them. And it turns out that that woman had a family foundation and she thought the grant was really good. And actually that was Art with the Heart's first $10,000 grant Uh from her family found somebody I was just talking to. Uh In the early days, is there a success story, something that happened early where you saw the impact of these programs that just kept driving you forward to make it this giant organization it is today? There's several, but I would say there there's a couple. So when I started Art with the Heart, it was just me. And mm-hmm. I would recruit like friends and family to come help me. And I started in four sites, two group homes for emotional troubled adolescent boys, Mm -hmm. an Alzheimer's facility, and the House of Ruth, which is a shelter for battered women and children. And it was, you know, through relationships that I got into these places and would bring weekly programming. So, you know, in each of those places, there's a story. But I will say that I walked into a group home that, like I said at the beginning of this conversation, I thought I knew Baltimore. I you know, I knew I didn't know nonprofit, but I had never been in a group home before. And the manager of the house led me to a windowless basement where I was then supposed to appeal to eight young men who had no interest in art and try and convince them that this was going to be fantastic and fun and engaging. And the first class was, you know, a kid ripped up the art at the end of the class. And it was, I remember getting in my car and saying, you know, a person lesser than me would never walk back in there. And I walked back in there the same time, same place, same group, the next Thursday at 5 p.m. And I did that for years. And that group became like family to me, those boys. One of them actually did become family to me because he became part of our family. But that's another story. (laughs) Um, But I took them to New York twice. We got on a bus. We went to see a show. We went to museums. Kids knew the, the art in the museums from the classes. Um, we, you know, talk about a risk. That was a little risky. But, you know, we cultivated a relationship. I cultivated a relationship. They became a community, which they might not have been, but for these classes every week. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was something that was really special. And one other story would be at the House of Ruth. I remember I would bring at the time a boom box because <laughs> we didn't have iPhones or anything like that. And I would music and I remember it was mothers and children. And 
the song I Will Survive came on and all the mothers started singing during the art class and dancing and doing art. And it was so celebratory and empowering and a moment that I won't forget. The Free to Be More podcast is a production of the Enoch Pratt Free Library, providing free services, programs, and opportunities for all ages across Maryland. Help keep things free by supporting the Pratt at prattlibrary.org slash donate. We're living in an age where art classes and music and all of that is being taken out of our elementary schools due to budget concerns. How important are those things to a child who is growing up and maybe doesn't have the opportunity to learn those in a normal school now? I mean, to me, it's criminal. (laughs) It's, um, you know, we at Art with a Heart look at art engagement and classes as important as reading, math, you know, all of the major academic subjects. They're supplementary to those important classes and are as important as those classes. And, you know, you started the question by saying we're living through kind of challenging times, you know, both because of budget constraints, but our children have lived through unprecedented challenges over the last couple of years. Socialization, you know, was denied them. And the trauma, many children live with trauma daily and then compounded by a pandemic. Um, there has to be some form of release Uh, for these kids. And art is one of them. And uh, to deny them that opportunity is really, to me, stifling normal growth and development Uh or healthy growth and development. Sure. I want to talk about how much your organization has grown in the branches of it. You mentioned workforce. I think that's such an important topic here in Baltimore City. What is Art with a Heart doing to help within workforce development in Baltimore? So Art with a Heart has a program called Heart Heart Works, and it is a 19-year-old workforce development program where we bring together youth who have mostly aged out other programs like school or vocational programs that were not successful for an individual. Some of them are homeless. And we teach them off-job skills while they create marketable works of art. And the program has been very successful in not only creating community again, having these youth show up every day in this program. 97% of the students that worked in the program this summer completed the program Mm and 80% move on to jobs. So it is very successful. We believe you don't need a boot camp type workforce development program to actually instill a good work ethic in, in young people. So showing up every day, speaking appropriately, the art pieces, you know, taking constructive criticism, completing a project, caring about quality, quality assurance, all of those things that matter in a job, working in a group setting, all of those things are things that they learn in this workforce development program. And then they do mock interviews 
with complete strangers and also get financial literacy programming through that program. Um, They're given a stipend for attendance. They get breakfast and lunch. And it's been a very rewarding part of our initiatives. Mm -hmm. You also mentioned that you guys have a store that's part of one of your branches. Tell me a little bit about the store and how people can shop there, interact with the store. Yes, thank you. So we opened part was 19 years ago and really what started uh well no we we started the workforce development 19 years ago the store is 10 years old or yes something like 10 years old who can it's monday morning but (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so we would go to artscape and sell the wares at artscape every year and for your listeners, Artscape is the largest free art festival in the nation here in Baltimore. Historically, it's been the last weekend of July and usually the hottest weekend of the year. And, <laughs> Always. Um, I, I would stand out there with our students for 10 years selling our wares. And then at our, I guess it was our 10th anniversary. So the store's 12 years old. We decided that we were really going to take a leap of faith, again, a risk and open a small store and sell the wares in a small store instead of Artscape. Because we had people who wanted to buy from us. You know, we'd get emails like, can I buy something for the holidays? And they had only seen us at Artscape. So we opened the store and it's, you know, 12 years later and it's still flourishing. People special order gifts. We have an online presence. So the store, the brick and mortar store is located at 3000 Falls Road in mill number one, which is where office is. And we also have an online store we can find at artwiththeheart.net backslash wares. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Then one thing your organization is particularly known for is the public art projects that you guys do. We have one right downstairs here at the Inacraftmig Library that's just magical. So can you talk to me about sort of the genesis of that, your first public art project and how many you guys have now? I know it's grown so much. Right. So it really started with very early people were interested in helping. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants a purpose. Like, I've learned that like over 22 years, like every human wants to have a purpose and whether you're 10 or, you know, 110, you want to feel like you're doing something good and important for someone. And I had in the early days, a lot of interest from young people in helping to do projects with the organization. And they would be small scale public art projects. It might be working with a group of women living in a shelter and planting a garden and then painting the border stones. It started very simple and and small. Mm -hmm. And then it gradually grew. People started to ask for bigger projects, a mural on a wall here. The first we did, the first project I ever did large scale before Art with a Heart became what it is today was a collaboration with graphic designers and a program that we were doing in a community center and the students in the community center painted along with these graphic designers a mural outside the rec center. And then we got calls from people that I was networking with, you know, a developer that was building a shelter 
and wanted to have a mural and had learned through one of our teachers about mosaics. Mm -hmm. And she designed this, um, it's 18 by six feet mural that now hangs at a place called Restoration Gardens. We engaged about a thousand volunteers in that process, stakeholders of Restoration Gardens. And at the time it was called Empire Homes. And it was board members and mayor and homeless youth and teachers and just anybody who had any kind of touch with this organization worked on this project. And it's still beautiful to this day. It's respected in housing complex. Restoration Gardens is a permanent housing facility for homeless youth. It's one of a kind in Maryland and it's in the Park Heights community. And from there, just like everything else with this organization, it was like a snowball that led to the next one and the next one and the next public art project. And here we are, you know, 300 public art projects in some are very large scale, some are a little smaller and subtle, but we are slowly beautifying the community and that matters as much as doing the art. Uh-huh. Showing people that we care through putting something beautiful in their community is is very important. Book Lovers Breakfast is back. Tickets are on sale now for the Pratt's kickoff to Black History Month programming. This year's featured speaker, writer Walter Mosley. Book Lovers Breakfast is Saturday, February 4th at the Renaissance Baltimore Harbor Place Hotel. Get your tickets today at prattlibrary.org. What does it mean to you on, I guess, that very last install day? And I I always think it's beautiful when you can start like taking a step back and then watching other people kind of interact with that art that you've brought all these people together to create. It's got to be even just driving by it years later and seeing it, it just has to be so fulfilling to see that. The process is incredibly fulfilling. Seeing, you know, for so long, I thought, wow, like, our volunteers, like we couldn't do any of this work without our volunteers. I mean, these large scale projects require hours and hours of work and really a cadre of humans that are committed to it. Uh-huh. I mean, we work in the community and we'll work with stakeholders. The Enoch Pratt piece, we actually set up a table at Enoch Pratt and had, you know, library attendees work on the project as they came into the library. And then pieces of it came back to our office and about 50 volunteers that work with us every week, the same 50 volunteers worked on that project and the Mm -hmm. mermaid tale. And I used to always think like what they do for us. And then during the pandemic, I realized, wow, like, look what we do for them. (laughs) You know, it's really a win-win. Our volunteers look at this as a job of the best kind. And Mm -hmm. so watching the process is as joyful for me as seeing someone walking into the hospital, University of Maryland hospital for an appointment and rubbing the heart before they walk in. We have a eight foot by six foot sculpture in front of the entrance, the Golden Sea entrance of the University of Maryland. And seeing people, you know, there's messages of hope and love and inspiration on that sculpture. And I hope that if somebody is walking in for, you know, an appointment that could be terrifying, that that gives them just a sense of 
love and joy and calm before mm-hmm. they do that. Mm-hmm. There's so much heart that goes into that for people to create it. And here at Central Library, you can see the art with the heart piece down in our children's library. It's an under the seascape that I just stop and find something new in every single time. And I work here every day, so I get the joy of seeing it every day. (laughs) But I always welcome everyone. Please come down and uh, see it in the children's library. What are ways that people can get involved with your organization? So there are lots of ways to get involved. Of course, you we always welcome volunteers and on our website, you can fill out, um, there's a volunteer application and then our volunteer coordinator will be in touch with you. We are always looking for support in our classrooms for teachers and assistants. That has been a challenge over the last year. We are not immune to the labor crisis that is happening in, mm-hmm. in our nation. And so the demand for our programming is greater than we can fulfill right now because we are always looking for quality teachers and assistants. You don't have to be an artist to be a great teacher, but you do have to have qualifications and we vet our teachers and assistants carefully. I don't want to put anyone off, but I would love if anyone has that interest to come see us. We provide professional development and a lot of support for our teachers and assistants. And we always have two people in every classroom. Mm -hmm. So that's been since the beginning of time with this organization. They can also get involved, again, just as a volunteer in the classrooms. We have internships. We have apprenticeships. We like partnerships with other organizations. I know we partner with Enoch Pratt. So if your organization has an interest in programming, please contact us at infoartwithaheart.net and we can begin that dialogue. And, and of course, come shop with us. Um, my world is no longer beige and the <laughs> store is very colorful and the art is really special and handmade by students and volunteers and certainly make for nice holiday gifts um, unique, if nothing else. And then, you know, lastly, we always need financial support. So if someone is so inclined, there's a way to give right on our website. You can donate to us. It's a tax deductible donation and we always appreciate financial support. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you're looking at those beige walls of your office right now, we, we can solve that for you. <laughs> so what is your hope for the future of Art with a Heart? My hope for the future as a 60-year-old woman is that when the time comes and I decide that I need to retire, that the organization will continue to thrive, not just survive, but thrive like it has for 22 years. And that whoever takes the helm has the support and the stamina to continue the work. It's important work. And the organization's been such a, an anchor, I believe, in the community. So I hope that that will continue for many, many years to come. Mm-hmm. And at my last question for you, one of the key things you said in, is over these 22 years, you've learned so much about the city of Baltimore. Uh, what gives you hope for the future of Baltimore City? Um, I think that there are so many angels in our city that people really don't know and who don't have the platform necessarily to share the 
incredible work that they're doing. I always say sometimes it's a little guy that's doing the really big work. Mm-hmm. And I have seen that. I think we've seen that in the documentary Charm City with the Rose Street community. So I would say my hope is that these wonderful people who are doing the work continue to do the work. And I think, you know, leadership in the city is trying to solve problems in a more progressive way. And I hope that their ideas are successful. Mm-hmm. Randy so. Pupkin with Art with the Heart, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Well, thank you again for thinking of Art with a Heart and taking the time to talk with me. I really appreciate it. Looking for the latest best-selling ebook? Don't pay for it. Thousands of digital titles are at your fingertips with your Pratt Library card. Download the Libby app today and start reading right away. No card? No problem. Go to prattlibrary.org and get your e-card instantly. You're free to be more at the Pratt. I'm Megan McCorkle, and you've been listening to the Free to Be More podcast by the Enoch Pratt Free Library. You can follow the Pratt on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next month for another Free to Be More conversation. Thanks for listening.